Holman, I got to say, you did a nice job. Uh, I could have had a very nice car for what it costs to <laughs> sit in this room. Rich Holdaway of, uh, is it Holdaway Construction? Uh-huh. HCI did a really nice job. Well, I mean, you can't see any of his work right now. This is all no, my work. No, I'm staring at a uh, cork ceiling with uh, multicolored LED lights that are dimmable. Mm-hmm. So you got a nice uh, glow happening here. I see LEDs around the perimeter, foam all the way around. So it's a pretty nice sound in here. Uh, it's okay. It needs a little bit little bit more furniture in here. I, 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 I think, we'll get, yeah. We'll get there. I think there's still a little bit of an echo. But overall, this is I'm, I'm impressed with the sound of the pod shed. Um, but it's two, little uh, HomePod minis that will be the sound system for the TV. That's I go saw there. those. I accidentally connected to those with Bluetooth earlier, and all of a sudden mm. they were making noise, and I scared myself. Uh, I like the American flag that over is, there. That is our American flag from our friend Clint Cunliffe, who uh, yep sent that to us uh, quite a while ago, and it, it's been sitting waiting for a home in the old studio. So I wanted to make it a centerpiece of this studio. So we have an American flag on the wall. We got our ant farm the, over here the on, the ledge, on the ledge on the windowsill. Right. Uh, don't forget the uh, Dr. Pepper fridge right here, which is fully stocked with Dr. Pepper and water. Oh, yes. Uh, and then, of course... Uh, whiteboard uh, over here. we got whiteboard. And, and what is behind you? What is that? What's that neon sign right there? Yep. So uh, you gifted the uh, podcast studio a uh, traction off neon sign. And so it's... Has uh, there ever been a neon sign more Sean Holman than that sign right there? What, that I'm a squirrely driver? No, traction control off. You're all, you hate nannies. I do hate nannies. How many times have you said it on the show? A thousand? Uh, Maybe not that many, but a lot. 950. You're, you're known for hating nannies. I, I thought do. that was appropriate. That It's a little car with the swervy lines and it says yeah. off or traction off. And it is bright as heck. I wish we could dim it a little bit because it gives us all a... Uh, a crazy glow. I like it. It feels like, like a it? bar in here. Yeah. Well, Especially when you bust out the bourbon or whiskey or whatever you drink, the brown water. Well, right now we have uh, the the lights set on submarine red. It looks like we're uh, uh, deep diving right now. I'm digging it. This yeah. is a cool, uh, very cool ambiance this, in here. This is what I do Dow, when it's time for you to down. go home. Turn it down. Turn it down. Yeah, I just turned Damn on it. the uh, the 5,000K It's uh, closing lights. time. Yeah, this is definitely semi-sock. Get out, get yeah. out of the shed. Be a nice uh, creative space that uh, we don't have to worry about. Somebody else telling us what to do and when to well, do it. Well, we don't have to worry about someone kicking us out. Or key cards or any of that kind of stuff. So yeah. I think it I is think a good. low security. <laughs> I mean, it depends. There's security. I, mean, I know just, there is. It may just not be visible. I know there is. All right. On this episode of the Treasure Podcast, uh, we are going to be checking in with Andre Smirnoff. If that name rings a bell, it's because you've probably seen him on YouTube as one of the hosts of TFL Truck. Yeah, so uh, I've known uh, Andre for, for I don't know, many, many, many years, and we've run the same journalist circles and stuff, so I think it's cool that we're going to have him on to kind of talk about his perspective of, I also have, there's some other journalists uh, who I'd like to have on that I've talked to, stories that you've brought up that you're like, ah, this person, this person, I won't tell you who they are yet, but I think there's a couple pretty cool people that you'll be like, oh, wow, okay, because I, I, I like I like giving our listeners kind of that that, you know, journalist perspective because everybody's different and I think you know it, you kind of follow the people you like but it's interesting to hear what other people like too so uh, we're, we're going to try and get some more um, varied journalist guests in here we've got to have uh, some of the crew uh, the old Motor Trend crew we'll have some of those guys on from from time to time well and... let's let's be honest you are now freed 
from exclusively promoting Motor Trend. Now you can talk to guys like Andre yeah. who I mean, actually I know, have what would well, have been a competitor to Motor Trend. Well, yeah, but just just so you're clear, nobody ever told me I couldn't do that before. I understand, but you were but doing that out of courtesy. You, you know which side the bread's buttered on. So yeah. you, we stayed away from certain guests and we don't have to do that now. The shackles are off. The The traction control button has been pushed. So. <laughs> I like that. Yes. As this w- a yellow glow makes me feel like it's a lot warmer. All right, let's get is. into Andre. So let's thank Nissan because you still have the, you still have the Titan out here. Okay. So Would you ever have to give that back? Is that yours now? It actually has its own parking spot. <laughs> it does You've got have three spaces uh-huh. in front of your three-car garage, yeah. and one has now out. It says Titan Parking here. Yeah. You actually bought a sign. And no, I'm making that up. That's but not true. seriously, it does have its own spot. So it's, uh, I was supposed to go back and I said, hey, uh, we have really enjoyed the XD. In fact, uh, we've done a podcast episode from it. We have towed with it. We have hauled with it. It helped build the uh, pod shed. And I said, it was supposed to go back last week. And I said, you know, is there any chance I can keep it over the weekend? Because I've, I've got some more, you know, materials. And they said, just keep it till the end of February. Are you kidding me? I said, great. So we're continuing to uh, to love and use the uh, Titan XD. Can I borrow it? Nope. I'll, I just want it for a day. Why? I need to pull the PIDs. I need... Nah, maybe I, I, you could do that. I would like to uh, bring it to banks just for a day. Hmm. Okay. Leave me your TRX and I'm we'll make pick, it happen. Uh, I will if I have to. Hmm. It hits a little differently then, I will it? if I have to. <laughs> I will if I have to. Uh-huh. I'm going to come down here on a Sunday night. I'm going to mm-hmm. pick it up, bring it to work. Monday, mm-hmm. I'll bring it back to you Monday night. Okay, leave me a car. All right. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, you've got a 392 sitting out there. Uh, this is a one-for-one one trade. This isn't just... Oh, that's, that's sucks. I'm trying to keep miles off that thing right now. Can I bring you the Mercedes? Actually, I got to... Yeah, you can bring the Mercedes. All right. I got to take the uh, the 392s going on a road trip soon, so I got to uh, got to get that thing... How many uh, miles you got on that sucker? 3,200? I'm smoking you. I'm just about to crack 6,000. Yeah. On the yeah. TRX. You but, thought it was going to sit in front of my house forever and I wasn't going to drive it. Mm-hmm. What did I drive tonight? Uh, TRX. That's right. Yep. You have this really lame uh, key fob cover. You'd be that's stunned anodized. how many people love that key yeah, cover right there. super cheesy looking. It's not that cheesy looking. Mm-hmm. It's a little cheesy. In this but it, light, it looks Well, cheesy. it's not. Nah, yeah, it looks like it's rose gold in here. That's gross. Yeah. But in the sunlight, it's chrome red and yeah. it looks rad. Okay. It looks like a Bentley key, except it says TRX. It's, it's not it's not a Bentley key at all. like that at yeah. all. Yeah, no, uh, we've got, uh, I've got to go head out and see Britain at American Venture Lab soon. So we're going to do the uh, the outfitting on the 392 so we can go, uh, go do some. And I'm doing some stuff with uh, with Nissan, working on a trip. Got to go do some uh, pre-running for them soon. So that'll be pretty uh, pretty exciting. And so, yeah. You gonna, are you going to get some good audio and video? Maybe. Pre-running? We'll see. The answer is yes. We'll see. So anyway, if you are looking for a really good truck that does it all, check out uh, the Nissan Titan or Titan XD at your local Nissan dealership. The diamond stitching on the seats. Yeah. Is that only Platinum the, Reserve. the Platinum Reserve? Yep. Okay, got it. Yeah, but I, I towed that thing to uh, Arizona and uh, had the uh, Patriot XD trailer and went on the uh, Overland Journal podcast and all that. And I, I just reminded me how much I love those seats, those zero gravity seats. They're so comfortable for those long trips. So it was uh, it was pretty cool. So uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it. NissanUSA.com or head on down to your local dealer. Of course, the uh, Titan and Titan XD have the industry's best warranty, five-year, 100,000 miles. So Holman, as you are all too familiar with, the manufacturers of vehicles, they don't really cut corners necessarily, but they have to manufacture for efficiencies, Or right? the uh, lowest common denominator of customer. Right. In, in one area where they have to be mindful of the amount of uh, 
plastics they use is in a cold air intake, for example. You know, so they injection mold the the intake. They use a typically a flat filter. It's it's all mass produced stuff, and it's designed to keep the nasty stuff out of your cylinder, keep everything clean. But sometimes they have to sacrifice airflow. Here's where I'm going: okay. the banks ram air intakes. It's all about airflow and filtration. So when you buy a Banks Ram Air intake, you're getting the absolute best, not only better than OE, but better than all of the competitors. Banks isn't always first to market, but that's because they're testing all of the competitors. They don't just beat OE because most companies can do that. They have to beat all the competitors. So when you're shopping for a cold air intake, an actual cold air intake that draws in cool air from the exterior of the vehicle and outfilters every other company on the planet, you go to Banks. To find your Ram Air cold air intake, just go to bankspower.com, type in your year, make, and model. So Holman, apparently we picked up some help, some uh, some friendlies that will help us... Promote the show? Promote the show on social Handle media. Handle some uh, social uh, campaigns for us? Give us some social love. Listen, if, uh, if you have a small business and you're looking for a company that can help you with your social, you want to check out Full Moon Digital Marketing. It's a pack of open-minded, innovative, and fearless thinkers that can merge a wide range of industries, countries, and cultures. And uh, with every project, they bring a depth of experience, valuable insights, strategic thinking, and a commitment to successful execution. So so by working with Full Moon like we are, you'll be able to confidently take your business to the next level through an effective digital strategy and some consultancy, which is mm. a lot of big words for, I need help. <laughs> uh, so uh, no matter the challenge scale or platform, Full Moon Digital is ready to bring extraordinary value to their clients. Uh, we trust them with our social. No, oh, let, let's be honest. We have been really good at podcasting and not as good on social. It sucks when your full-time job is not this. No. And so we need a little help. So Full uh, yep. Moon Digital stepped up to the plate. They're going to be helping us. And uh, we appreciate Derek and the team over there. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We have the lowered and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Do you think our uh, your neighbors can hear us? I hope not. I mean, I put a bunch of rock wool in the walls of this place, so. Oh. Uh, Hopefully it's uh, muffled enough between our uh, our vegetation wall and their window being closed. Well, I mean, I brought our faders down because we were belting out the yeah. words, and I just uh, I didn't know if we could be heard over the music uh, there or not. outside of these walls. Hopefully this is our safe spot. <laughs> uh, I, and I don't know yet. I mean, this is our, our first night with uh, all this new equipment, and I'm not sure it's going smoothly. <sighs> I'd be lying if I told you I wasn't nervous about calling Andre. Well, because I don't know if the equipment's going to work. <laughs> Only one way to find out. Yeah. Before we dial, let's play the intro in case he can't hear it and so, I don't have the mix minus set up properly. Who dis? So, who, who dis? All right, yes. play who dis. We're going to spare and we'll, Andre. No we'll call. Yeah, okay. All right, got All right. it. Yo, the truck show. <laughs> who dis? Who dis? Who the hell is this? A truck show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who dis? Who dis? Truck show represent. Okay, n- now dial. Hello? Mr. Andre Smirnoff. How you doing? It's Lightning at Home, a truck show podcast. What's happening? 
Hey, how you guys doing? We're doing outstanding. So we just moved into our brand new studio, yep. and we're dealing with all new equipment, and hopefully... Uh, it sounds okay to you. It's hard for us to know for sure. You're our first guest in our new studio. Uh, I feel very special. Thank you very much. <laughs> you yeah. shouldn't because it's going to make our interview sound horrible because Lightning doesn't know how to work the equipment yet. Our voices sound weird. <laughs> the mics are all trash. There's yeah, an echo. Hold on. Let me see if you can hear this. The very first Dr. Pepper opened in the new pod shed. Hold on. Uh, that's not true. I've been drinking. Oh, really? the, yeah, oh, no. Don't spoil it. Got plenty. Could, could you hear that, Andre? I I could hear it clearly. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we yeah. can hear you much yeah, better yeah. than we can hear ourselves. Yeah, no, we're uh, we're good. We got you. So you guys may know Andre from TFL Truck, the Fast Lane Truck, and he's got quite a few Fast Lane Enterprises. But the one that has exploded off the map in the last I don't know half decade or so is TFL Truck, and he has pit every single major midsize, full size pickup truck, and even motorhome against each other and has been talked about on such podcasts as Joe Rogan. <laughs> and, You're uh, jealous about that. I am a little bit, yes. <laughs> and so uh, now he uh, now he's talking to us. And um, so we've got a lot to cover, and uh, we appreciate you staying up late for us. So as we record this at night. That's no problem, guys. First of all, thank you for having me uh, on the show, and you've probably given me too much credit because – there's also kind of a big team at TFL that's kind of doing all the things you mentioned. We can't wait to have a big team someday. It's just it's two just of us. us. <laughs> Especially now. Sadly, yes, I know. We need some techs working for us. Andre, before we get into all the truck talk, what is your background? Because it's not you're not from an OE. You're not like Holman here, who is a, a, a publisher of magazines and, and truck content. You come from where? I come from a software world in a way. It's kind of random, but uh, I went to school. I went to University of Colorado at Boulder, and I studied computer science. And I got my master's degree. I got my, um, you know, my bachelor degree there. And but I was kind of always an automotive enthusiast. So um, I was really into trucks. I was into cars as well. Uh, when I met my wife during college, she got me into boats. So I was kind of always into everything kind of that's made noise and moved. But my first part of my professional life was with computers and um, designing databases and uh, data models. What were you compiling this data for? Was it Big Brother? Are you spying so, on us? Uh, no, no. <laughs> oh, damn. So I I started my career with Sun Microsystems, uh, you know, Silicon Valley. Small company, company and very inconsequential to the tech space. Nope, massive. <laughs> Huge. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and I was always in this kind of a software space, so not really hardware related with the servers. But um, so uh, I was working at the service department and always, so trying to make sure that the, uh, our hardware was able to be serviced in the quickest manner. And also sometimes predicting when, you know, certain services had to be done on, you know, on big servers uh, that Sun Microsystems used to sell. Um, and then Sun was purchased by Oracle. And so I worked at Oracle because, you know, the, basically also the company changed. Also a teeny tiny little company. Mm -hmm. in yeah, my brother works for Oracle. Uh, Billy Creech. Oh, he does? does? Explore. Really? That's Billy Creech doesn't explore. Really? Yeah, you sound better than me on that one. Hmm. Well then. Well, really? Billy Creech works there? Do you know Billy? 
No, oh, I don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no. Uh, but I've been listening to your podcast for for several years, actually. So I, I enjoy listening to your podcast. Well, and, thanks. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I feel so honored. Th- so then, I, you know, that's going to take years off your life, Andre. Right. I mean, I feel like you could have a better use of your time than listening to us. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you guys have fun and you guys have good guests and you guys go deep on, on truck stuff. So I, I really like that. Awesome. Thank you. That's that's a huge compliment. So you guys uh, probably have figured it out that Andre and I know each other from running through all the media drives and stuff. So uh, when I we, wish you had said running naked through no, fountains or I, something like that. That would have been funny. you've got a defect that makes you think like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, typically what happens is you'll be on a manufactured drive, and there's different waves, so a wave might last two or three days, and different journalists come on. Well, you don't always know who's on your wave, and there's certain journalists that you absolutely try to avoid, uh, and then there's other ones you're like, oh, cool, they're on, they're on this one. I think Andre and I choose the same wave uh, five out of eight times. I've enjoyed being on events with you, Sean. And Lightning, I, I don't know if we've ever met in person, and I don't know how that happened or hasn't happened, but um, that's weird. It's well, the universe telling you that just keep on the status quo, no need to change that. No, no, I, I, <laughs> we need to get together. I, I'm sure we've been somewhere nearby, and uh, and no, it, just for whatever reason. I was in radio for the past, you know, as if you listen to the show, you know that, for like 20-some-odd years. And I went to go work for Gail Banks back in 2017 or so when I saw the end of radio nearing. Yeah, I, I, I feel bad because you're up in Colorado. My brother lives in uh, Evergreen, Colorado, and I go up to see Clint at ATS Diesel every so often. So I will make... Arvada or Arvada? Uh, Arvada. Uh-huh. Everyone up there says Arvada, yeah. Yep. So I will definitely stop by. And I think you and I are going to be working on some uh, behind-the-scenes projects. We're going to help you out with some data. So Banks is supplying some gear to you. Idashes specifically, which maybe we can touch on later, but it's not a not a big deal. I think it's gonna. Well, we'll, we'll get to that later. But I, I want to focus on how you got started in reviewing trucks, and how many years ago was that? Kind of a interesting story, a little bit funny story. So I was working at Oracle, um, as we said, and um, at that time we worked from home a lot too. So it was a really distributed team, and my boss uh, lived in Boulder, Colorado. And my boss, I was on the phone call, conference call with my boss at Oracle. And he says, you know, um, my neighbor, his name is Roman. And he does some video stuff with uh, cars and trucks. And I know you kind of like that type of stuff. Do you want to meet my neighbor, Roman, Roman Micah? And I said, well, that's that's kind of interesting. So uh, Roman Micah started TFL Studios. Um, He started the company basically from grassroots, from nothing. And he, that was around 2010 when Roman started it. And when my, my old boss at Oracle introduced me to Roman, that was late 2011. Um, and we kind of kicked it off. Um, I started uh, helping Roman run TFL car website at that time because he started in a TFL car uh, YouTube channel and then website. Uh, and so I was working kind of nights with Roman and some weekends. And then I would take sometimes I would take a day off from Oracle and go to like Detroit Auto show with Roman and kind of help cover the news together. <laughs> so, and then it, but at that point, the company was kind of small. This is 2011, 2012, um, type, 
the time. And uh, there wasn't a lot of money in, you know, the company wasn't generating a lot of revenue. So I was working part time. Hold on, let me pause you one second here. When you say the company in, in air quotes, what was the company? Was it just it was it tfltruck.com? What what was just a blog on a website? Was it audio content? Was it video content? It's, was it YouTube? It was primarily YouTube. Um, that's kind of our main outlet, so to speak. We we created websites to back up YouTube, right? Uh, and then we expanded. We now operate eight YouTube channels Damn. Uh, wow. and four websites. But um, it started as car, so TFL car YouTube. And uh, Roman saw kind of that space as kind of underserved um, at that time. This is 20, 2009 to 2010, like I said. So because he had experience, uh, he was a TV reporter in his pre- one of his previous lives um, in Illinois. And, and he, so he had experience in journalism and he saw kind of that, uh, and then YouTube was kind of starting out, right? It was what, three or four years old. Um, and he said, well, why, you know, there's, it's full of cats playing pianos, right? <laughs> yeah. But how about we start some automotive content there? So that's kind of how he started. Interesting. So he was one of the early car reviewers. And so it's probably like him and Doug DeMuro and, and guys like that. This it's a Bugatti, and I want to take you through all the eccentricities. I, I can't watch him. You can, oh, he's, really? un, he's unwatchable for me. I love Doug DeMiro. I love him I know so you much. do, but His I, outfit is ridiculous. Yeah, he's he's made so much money, it's time to get bail it, on the shorts. It I might mean, be, after all, come on now. It might be because Doug. I'm too close to it, but I just, I can't watch him. Really? Yeah, can't do it. I love Doug. I know you do. I think it's funny. I'm going to give it a Doug score. <laughs> I, want, I want Doug to give us a score. Let's it get a Doug score. It would be zero. Yeah, it probably would be, yes. <laughs> when did you jump ship from Oracle slash Sun slash all these uh, tech companies to go do TFL full-time? Probably 2014-ish time frame. So probably nine to nine and a half years ago. So we were growing a bit. We, we branched off uh, with a lot of help, uh, right? We branched. We started TFL Truck. So basically, the com- really, the company is called TFL Studios, right? Um, so we, we, have, we wanted to kind of serve each kind of vertical niche, so to say, you know, car, truck, motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, don't, we don't have TFL boat yet, but I'm still pushing for that. And then there came a time where I really loved doing this. And there was, you know, we were making a little bit more money. So I asked my wife, I said, you know, what do you think? Can I, you know, switch jobs? And she's like, go for it. You, you know, you love it. So just uh, jump in and so i did so i called my boss who introduced me to roman and i said you know the guy you introduced me to well uh i'm gonna go work for him now so ouch (laughs) wait a minute so he was understanding of course and um every we're still friends but but that's kind of how it happened and what was the first big project that you worked on what was the one that you thought okay this is legit we got a million views this is putting me on the map as a host. Yeah, so I started kind of like sort of behind the scenes a little bit, right? So uh, because we, we were a small company, there was like three of us, right, back then. Nathan Adlon is also a huge part of TFL. Um, and I, was some, I would be behind the camera sometimes. Uh, but really uh, where it kind of hit home for me is when we kind of branched TFL truck off of TFL car. Right, obviously, two different audiences, right? Uh, car-based versus truck-based. 
Uh, and uh, we started doing the Ike gauntlet. So we call it the world's toughest towing test. It's the I-70, you know, running to over 11,000 feet above sea level. And uh, we had a lot of help from Ken Sundling also from MrTruck.com, who is another local journalist who had decades of experience in, you know, anything from semi-trucks to pickup trucks. Um, so Roman and Ken really kind of kicked off Ike Gauntlet. And that's what we called it. And we found out that people liked it. People really appreciate it uh, because there are not many outlets or there were not. I mean, many outlets did testing, right? But not many showed everything on video. So I think kind of that's where or even we did the really torture test. Start. I mean, everybody sort of had like if you did a media drive at the proving grounds or rented the proving grounds. I mean, we had done that before. If you know, but you guys actually took all trucks config- configured as closely as possible, same trailer, and then went and did back to back runs in some of the uh, harshest uh, conditions uh, for a truck. And I think people found that very valuable. I think it was also because uh, we were showing a lot of detail about it. Right, because you could kind of summarize something in a couple of minutes, right? Uh, but we we decided to also show a lot of it as well. And um, actually, we're we're fortunate enough, you know, we've grown to the, you know these eight channels and four websites. We have you know a couple of podcasts. We're also started during COVID. We we're fortunate to where people actually sometimes come up to us and thank us for for doing these tests because you cannot go to a dealership and you know go for a test drive and tow a giant trailer. Up a mountain, right? <laughs> so they kind of appreciate. It's true. I mean, not not in Kansas, you can't. Uh, no. <laughs> but you so know, they kind of appreciate that. I, I, well, I mean, I can see that because look, w- when you're buying a 2500, 3500, or maybe 45, 55, 6500 series truck, the one thing you're buying it for is to pull your, you know, your gooseneck, your fifth wheel, or you, whatever the travel trailer, or your your hauling stuff with it. And you can't. You you really don't know. You're relying on Ford Ram. GM to tell you what it will do, uh, and there and zero to sixty test. Who who cares? Because you're going to pull twenty seven thousand pounds over the seventy, and you're going to be matted to the floor. What does the truck really do? And I can't remember anyone that was doing that test on video before you were. Yeah, and I think that's kind of where a lot of the success came from. And obviously, we're we're continuing with that testing. And I am a data guy, as you kind of just found out. So I want to even add even more information to that so we can, we can kind of show. Because, you know, the trucks are getting ever more capable and ever more competitive. And so it's getting harder and harder to kind of pinpoint where one truck maybe is better than the other. So, so we need to get, you know, a little bit more precise. Now, does it bug you that um, some of the highest tow-rated trucks – are the ones that they're, are the hardest to get. They're like single cab dually. And also, come to find out several years ago, you know, some manufacturers were giving you that rating with no spare tire or no rear bumper. Things like really? that. Really? Yeah. The yeah. Ra- rating was with those, those things removed. So I, I was talking yeah. to Andre about a week ago or so, and he was telling me that some of the trucks that he's testing, I think it was a Ford you mentioned, where you will floor it and you pulling, I think you said 30,000 pounds, you could not get up to the speed limit. You couldn't even get up to whatever was 55 on, on the, on the 70 there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And this, so when we test the dualies, right, these are all the um, triple diesels 
we try to load them up as you know as heavy as possible. This is after all the torture test, right? Um, the world's toughest test uh, for towing. So, and it's not just Ford. So Ram, GM, and Ford uh, in the dually truck space, uh, 3500 series. When towing 30,000 pounds, we are wide open throttle for, uh, it could be 10 to 12 minutes, however long it takes to climb the mountain Damn. in each truck. Yeah, literally wide open throttle and usually going about 45 miles per hour. So we're, we're never hitting the, you know, the 60 mile an hour speed limit. Meanwhile, on that climb. a big rig is coming up at 80,000 pounds, passing you 25 miles an hour faster well, than what you're Because you've got doing. a 16 liter engine, you know what I mean? Yeah, but still, I mean, but, you're, you're, so, the problem is, is that you still share the same roads. So the manufacturers are putting out these tremendous tow ratings. And I guarantee you the majority of people aren't CDL drivers. They're towing their big RV or something like that. It's scary to be on 70 and have big rigs passing you. I've been in situations where I was in a blizzard and I was driving. I had a Jeep Grand Cherokee and I'm driving in a whiteout, but there's no place to stop. And the big rigs are sticking to the road because they're so heavy. They're passing me at... 55 and i'm doing like 35 because i can't even see the lane markers they're, they're like ships cutting through the ice yeah in the I, I'm, ho- I'm hoping i don't get hit from behind you know but it's <laughs> it's 70s no joke that's a that's a really tough i mean could well, just be a regular car i mean there's there's you know light duty cars that struggle but a, a, a couple things come to mind because every once in a while i'm on the phone with a customer who he'll be like i i want some more power in the mid-range um i don't really care about the top end i never floored and i'm thinking oh, wait so if you're never flooring it, why do you need more power and where are you? And, and so it, as Andre was telling me that he's pedaled to the metal, right, at wide open throttle. And I'm thinking of guys who never experience wide open throttle because wide open throttle is when all the EGTs spike. Yep. Right? You got to watch you're, what you're just doing. Yeah, you're going to go in a meltdown. I remember we had a manufacturer test. It might have been Ford with the F450, the first generation when it came out. And I want to say the tow rating was somewhere in the mid-20s or something like that. And so they would put a CDL driver with you, uh, driving it on the big loads. But even on some of the loads that you could do privately, the difference in we would drag race other journalists with the same uh, trailer. And we may have been like the pace and grade in Arizona or something like that. So nothing like 70. But what was interesting is there are certain things like the way the Ram and the Cummins would work with the six speed. And it would just felt like a freight train. But it just ran out of RPMs. Like it would pull all the way to the RPM and then it would just hang. But there wasn't the drop between getting that next gear was going to put it out of its power band. Meanwhile, a Duramax, which at the time had the six speed Allison, the nice thing about a Duramax is it allows for over rev. So you can grab the next gear if you need to down and it'll slightly over rev the engine pass red line, which is really nice going downhill when you don't want to roach your service brakes. But it felt like the Duramax had power all the way and was and was pulling. And if you look at you know the red line on a Cummins is what three thousand or twenty eight hundred, and a, it's really low. And a Duramax yeah. is like four thousand or something like that. That extra RPM equals faster speeds. Now it may not have as much torque or horsepower depending on the years, but because the engine can rev out longer, you can stay in that gear longer. And the other truck's struggling because it just doesn't have enough RPM or enough gear. You're in like this. Middle ground. We know most consumers never understand what that's like until they have the opportunity to strap on a giant trailer, and most of them are never going to do that. So, watching something like you know TFL truck or what they're doing kind of gives you a taste of that experience. And it's interesting because on paper you could have the most torque and the most horsepower, but in the real world, if you can't put that to the ground, 
that truck is going to suffer, which I think, you know, Duramax, highly successful. GM hasn't gone to the ultimate limit of, oh, we want to be the torque champ or the horsepower champ. They kind of play close there. But they know that they have a really, really good platform and that in the real world, their truck is pretty darn good. Yeah, and we see a lot of what you said um, on our testing. And we also do efficiency testing, you know, on flat highways. We like to do have some fun and do drag racing. Um, we go to airstrip and, you know, we drag race our trucks. Uh, but and I want to mention this. A lot of people, when I talk about, you know, towing or pulling a trailer, and this can be anything, right? can apply to your camper, your boat, anything like that. People usually focus on the engine itself, right? Uh, but like Sean, like you mentioned, it's it's much more than that, right? It's about going down the hill. It's about being able to stop. It's been to control the trailer, uh, stay safe, stay stable, you know, so the trailer doesn't sway or, you know, become unstable. It, it's all. It's about all of those things. Does this feel like a Toso do you, by um, the way? A little bit. <laughs> well, it's funny because you bring that up, and, and one of the complaints about like the the Duramax seventeen nineteen year range is that the um, exhaust brake did virtually nothing. It's like it's just not even there. And then you get in a a ram and you turn on the exhaust brake and it's almost like a jake brake. It's like really effective. Is that what you found? Yeah, I love uh, the sound that the Cummins makes. Yeah. You know, nothing sounds like that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Really manly sounds. Uh, And almost like the Ford, the Power Stroke and the Duramax, they're becoming so refined. Right. Because these trucks are becoming quieter and quieter and quieter, even though they're still powerful. Um, it's really refined, but you don't get that feedback that sometimes you're used to, right? Where you can hear the uh, exhaust brake on the on the Cummins uh, in a really manly fashion. You know, the iGauntlet, and by the way, we used to test in a lot of winter months as well. So, because that's when the new trucks come out. So it's like, it'll be like January to April. And so it's been, it's been quite a... Um, quite a gamble right looking at weather reports and you know doing all this stuff making sure there's no ice you know on the highways or snow i mean how how scared Uh, have you been going up or down the ike um we had one moment andre doesn't feel fear lightning (laughs) yes he does i promise you he does no oh no there was one brown moment there was one moment where we were in the brown moment (laughs) did you catch that (laughs) brown moment it's a hell of a moment. Um, oh, by the way, that's our new uh, one of our new shirts, by the way. A brown moment? A brown moment, right, right, yes. Hold on, writing it down <laughs> on a t-shirt. A brown moment, yes. Uh, you know what you should do? Oh, it it yeah. could be a, a ridgeline towing uh, fifth wheel. <laughs> brown moment. A brown moment, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, so uh, we were in the tunnel, so Mr. Truck, Ken Sandling, was with me. And uh, we, were, we were pulling a trailer. I think we were in the F-150. And we loaded pretty heavy. And there was a camera vehicle in front of us. You know, we often bring multiple trucks. And we're inside the tunnel, which is at the very top of the mountain, right? Uh, crossing the continental divide. And all of a sudden, we see our camera truck jump into the left lane. It's a two-lane tunnel. And the, tr- uh, the our camera vehicle jumped into the left lane. Uh, and we're not going very fast. I mean, it's, we're going about 40, 45 because there was a broken down motorhome stopped dead in the middle of the, on, oh, of the tunnel. Oh, God. Bad spot. And, and there was a person working on it, whoever was driving it. Oh. Uh, I can't remember who it was. I think it was a, kind of an older gentleman. 
Kent was driving at the time, and he had really um, maybe half a second time. He looked to the left lane. It was open. He swerved to go around this motorhome, and it was close, very, very close. So, so <laughs> that was probably one of the scariest moments just because, you know, the breakdown over there. But... But the rest of it, I mean, we we try to keep it, you know, nice and safe. We watch the weather reports. We we run during, you know, between snowstorms, and we try to be, you know, of course, obeying all the laws, and try to be, you know, very very uh, safe. Of the full size trucks right now, uh, I guess take the dualies. Let's pit them against each other. Do you have a clear winner right now? If you if you had to choose a twenty two, uh, thirty five hundred series. Well, dually, hold on, hold on. What, what's that? W- winner for what? Ultimate towing or comfort overall Right now, because we're talking about towing, let's do towing. And then we'll talk overall truck. Just sheerly for towing uh, the biggest possible load. If you've got a, uh, let's say you've got a 40-foot, what are those big-ass? 400,000-pound weekend- trailer. No, like that biggest weekend warrior trailer that got them sued because they said it weighed such and yeah. such and it weighed way more. Uh, yeah. And it was breaking transmissions. Yeah. Let's say you have the biggest fifth wheel you can buy. You're, you're trailering it. Which one do you choose, Andre? Well, that's a that's a tough one, but uh, the testing we did in 2020, when kind of the new trucks came out, right? The the latest Super Duty in the 2020, and then the latest GM was also introduced uh, that year, uh, and of course the Ram. And these trucks have been kind of mostly the same over the last couple of years. I would choose the Power Stroke for a couple of reasons. Now, wait, so, real quick, Andre, I, does that surprise yeah. you, Lightning? No, actually, it doesn't. Okay, all right. Actually, now, I'll let, I want to let him explain why, but I was just curious because you deal with all of them, but especially yeah. the Duramax crowd. I was just curious if you had a bias towards something different. So it's weird because I towed this last summer with all three of our trucks. With the Duramax, I have a 2020 GMC Den- uh, Sierra Denali. We have a 2020 Ram 3500 high output, and we have a, a Ford F250 standard 6.7, all four-wheel drive. And of all the trucks, the 2,500, the 3,500, and the F-250, I enjoyed towing with the F-250 the most, but I can't tell you why. I think it had something to do with the straight axle, the power delivery. I don't know. Uh, What says Andre? Well, what I say, if you ask me in 2019, my answer may have been different. Uh, but really the latest, the 6.7 Power Stroke and the 10-speed combination that that Ford came out with in 2020, um, not only was powerful enough to really be really successful on the i-gauntlet, but it was also efficient. And I think that just, so when we did um, our, we have a, about the 66-mile loop when we're, we run in the plains, basically on the flat highway, and that Ford, the F-350 we were testing, was measurably, significantly more efficient. Um, you know, barring all the other variables, you know, wind and temperature, we ran all three trucks at the same day. Uh, it was quite an undertaking. Um, and uh, by swapping trailers, so we had one trailer and three trucks, and one by one, so we ran an hour, one, each, one truck for an hour, and then swapped trailers, did the next and the next. And the Ford was most, more efficient than the other two. Um, so, and that kind of sealed the deal for me. Um, I was recently on the plane and 
um, somebody came up to me and recognized me and they said, we kind of had this conversation on the plane as well. And um, that gentleman was asking, he said, well, which one is uh, more durable or which one is easier to fix? Uh, and I couldn't answer that <laughs> because because that's not what we test. We have some long-term testers, but most of the trucks we test, we only see for about a week or two. Well, the, the, the correct um, answer, so by I, the way, is the Ram because it's still using a tractor engine from the 70s. Hey. You know what I mean? What's <laughs> wrong with you? The uh, the 6BT still is... Uh, the G it, is silent. The uh, Sorry, Cummings, yes, as yes. Our, some of there our yes. <laughs> owners say. Does it bug you, by the way, when you run into a guy and he says, yeah, I got a Ram with a Cummings? And you say, uh, the G is silent, sir. No, what bothers me is they say I have a Dodge with a Cummings. Oh, yeah, that drives me yeah. crazy. Like, it's, only been a ram, it's only been a Ram since 2009, guy. Come on, let's give it the program. Uh, yeah, yeah. They just they didn't get the memo. Uh, but I think How that- How did you not get the memo? They just didn't. And it's crazy. They're guys that own it's them. Like, it's been 15 years. I, they didn't get- They don't know. And it doesn't say Dodge anywhere on the truck. No, Nowhere. Nothing. Not a single place to say Dodge. No. Just still a Dodge to them. Um, I, I think that as the uh, that's the probably the easiest engine to work on, and I think also Andre, that's the reason so many hotshots choose to drive the Ram because they can pull over into any diesel repair shop and get a Ram, get that uh, that Cummins worked on. Whereas you pull in with a Duramax or or the Ford's even worse from my what I hear from hotshots. They're like. There, guys like throw up their arms and like you need to go to a dealer like we we can't fix that here so yeah i see that a lot actually especially like in utah colorado some of the states around us i see a lot of hotshot drivers using cummins um i see that quite often and it's a good truck i mean like i said it's really manly sounding right it's it's really capable vehicle recently in our testing i think the power stroke as far as capability came on top uh, but I'm really excited for this year because we have a new Super Duty coming, right, 2023. Mm -hmm. We have 2024 next kind of generation of uh, GM trucks coming as well. So I think this story is TBD, right, to be continued because um, there is even uh, more powerful engines coming. Yeah, yeah. The Duramax, I think, is going up another 25-ish horsepower, I believe. Is it? I think that was the one they announced, right? It wasn't 23, because 23 is the same. 24 is going up uh, 25x horsepower, something like that. It's basically the same, same engine. They changed the pistons, and they changed yeah, there's a some few, of the cool little tweaks yeah. on it. Yeah. So it's a bummer. We had a video up at uh, Gale Banks today, uh, a video where we went through the 24 Duramax engine and went through it in detail. Actually, tore the engine down and showed all the parts. We put it up on a, uh, on a Friday afternoon, and then Monday morning, got a call from GM. And they said, hey, uh, that video that you put up, can, 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 you, can you take that down? Would you mind, pretty Boo. please? And of course, we uh, buy many thousands of engines from them <laughs> and said, sure, please don't make us. And they said, yeah, you're going to have to take that down. And then you heard the womp, womp, but, womp. A little bit, yeah. Hey, Lightning, I, I watched that video. Oh, wow. I, I oh, watched wow. I, I watched it. I, I don't know. If it was kind of longish, so I don't know if I finished every every minute of it. <laughs> but it was. I, I love watching Gail Banks. He's really clear in his explanations, and he's just he's just really excellent at what he does. And but you guys, <laughs> that video like went through. Can I talk about it? Yeah, no. you can. Or, we can. We can talk. I, it it dude, already went out there. Dude, it did a quarter million views in three days, and um, it clearly got back to the GM brass. And, you know, the weird, the weird part is that we made sure that everything had been announced 
we made sure that w- there was a source for all of that material. We weren't, and we we were pretty diligent. We made sure that we did not disclose anything that hadn't been published somewhere else. But they weren't. I I, I think they weren't really thrilled with where those how the word got out. It might have been leaks to the media about the 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 pistons and the high pressure fuel lines and and the pump advancements and the new turbo and things like that. And so it had been out there, but I I don't think they were exactly happy about how the word got out. And so for us, we were just putting salt in the wound, I think. And, um, and, and yeah, there was a little bit of a a long video. Well, not super long. It was under half an hour, but we don't do many videos that are, that are short. We don't, the YouTube algorithm does not like us (laughs) because it, it wants 13 minute videos and we just can't make them. Well, you never know what the YouTube algorithm thinks. I mean, it thinks different things, but what I liked about that video is because, you know, when we go like, you know, when Sean and I visit an event, a, a new truck launch, right? And, you know, some engineers or representatives from that company stand up there and they say, we increased the power by X and Y. And then you say, well, how? And they'll have a short explanation. You know, we did this. We have a new cooling fan and a bigger radiator and we were able to turn up the fuel pressure. Um, but you never get the full story. Ever. And, and, I, think, and, and I think that's where kind of I really appreciated that video. Uh, because it kind of g- it gave the full story. You know, this is kind of how it's changed, and it was quite interesting. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Let's get to uh, Holman's earlier kind of deviation on my question, which was, I-, I asked you about towing. Do you have an overall? Is it still the Ford for an overall? Because a lot of guys are separated in modern trucks and say like, well, I like X for towing, but I really like Y because of the interior, the accoutrement. Um. I, I'm, it's kind of, I'm kind of a basic truck guy, so um, I owned, well, I, I owned a Duramax, actually, for almost 10 years. This was an older one, uh, first gen. Um, then I had an F-150 recently that I recently sold. It was an XL, so I didn't, I don't, you know, I don't really need the massaging seat in my truck, although it's nice, <laughs> but the massaging seat, I mean, it's just kind of uh, a little bit too much, uh, but... When people ask me, you know, do you have a favorite truck of all, you know, of all, I usually, I don't because my, my next question is, well, how do you want to use your truck? Exactly. Do you, you know, you know, do are you a overlander? Are you an off-roader? Do you want something smaller? Do you want something big? Uh, do you tow? Do you go long distance? Do you not, you know, so I, I don't really have a, you know, like a favorite, favorite truck. For example, you know, maybe a Chevy Colorado can be really great, you know, as a smaller midsize truck. But then, of course, you know, the F250, 350 may be great for towing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I got you. Where do you stand on, uh, I've got so many questions, where do you stand on the midsize truck market right now? Because Holman has been alerting us for the last couple weeks, I feel like maybe last 90 days, the midsize truck market is about to be on fire. Like there's about to be so many choices. I, and I think when I saw the uh, the AV version of the midsize Colorado Canyon coming up, which looked like it was, it might have been 33s, sure looked like 35s to me. That thing looked badass. I, I saw that prototype shot too. Yeah, I saw that. He, TFL truck, we're, we're saying basically 23 year is going to be the year of the midsize truck. 
and potentially also the, the heavy-duty truck, right? We already discussed the heavy duties, all right? They're coming, and we hopefully will be testing them soon. Um, the mid-size turnover, so um, I was actually talking to uh, Jake from Newsweek recently. Um, he was also doing a story on the mid-size truck world, kind of the segment in the industry. And the mid-size segment actually shrunk by, I, I believe, by, by 5% last year as far as how many mid-size trucks were sold. And I think because me, of supply, like, right? Yeah, that has to be supply. And I also think people waiting because they know, I mean, Colorado Canyon's a big chunk of that market. I think they're waiting for the new trucks to come out. So we have a guy at work that ordered a Maverick over a year ago. Over a freaking year ago. Yeah. You, we keep hearing about the Bronco, Bronco, Bronco. Guys can't get them, and now they're paying them to, to not pick them up. And you don't really hear about the Maverick guys because they're not squawking as much. But there's, there's tens of thousands of Mavericks, I think, on order that haven't been fulfilled. I would agree. I think it has a lot to do with um, shortages, right? Um, and also maybe some people waiting because yeah. um, the Colorado and Canyon are long in the tooth, right? They sh- probably should have been, re- you know. How dare you? The new generation. <laughs> Why is it long in the tooth? Because the interior looks like it was out of a Chevy Cruze from like the year 2001? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's time, guys. Yes. Uh, so what I told Jake, I said, don't worry. I think the mid-sized truck segment is going to rebound in 23. Of course, I cannot predict everything. You know, supply shortages may, may, may still be there. But, you know, the next Colorado, you know, is coming very soon, right? We'll be driving them very, very soon in, in February this month. And then the Tacoma is supposed to be redesigned, which is the segment leader, and well, the new did, Ranger. Well, well, hold it. Didn't we just see the Tacoma? Like, didn't we see the rendering based yeah, you, on that Australian think, or Brazilian? Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. Pat, patent rendering. And then people have taken that and rendered it even further. And it it looks exactly like what you would expect or hope it to. It looks yeah, it's like, just like the a, evolution. It's halfway right? between a Tundra and a new and a current generation Tacoma. That's it's just it looks exactly like what you would expect. Are you are you a Tacoma or a or a Tundra guy, Andre? Not so much. I, I can't quite fit in the Tacoma. Uh, I, I I know it's you know it's 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 a good truck, uh, obviously, but I, I'm almost six three, and the seat is just low, too low for me. I don't know. My legs are stretching out front of me when I sit in the Tacoma, and I never kind of felt comfortable in it. So I'm not a huge Tacoma fan for that reason, just because you know my my body is not fitting into it. Um, we had a Tundra um, in 22. We had a new Tundra because we were able to buy two or three trucks a year, uh, brand new trucks for long-term testing. Um, and I think the new Tundra 22 that when it when it when it came out, it they made a better Tundra, but it wasn't like a class leader in any kind of measurable way. It was just good at everything. And I don't know if the Tacoma will follow suit. Um, I mean, t- Toyota is kind of con- really conservative company. If I can be uh, honest, I'm just hoping it gets a, a box frame and rear disc brakes. Let's start there. You know, it's weird. When I stood under, so when the, the Tundra first came out like a, ah, like a month and a half after the very first ones started popping up in Southern California, we got a hold of one. We put it up on a lift and we were just inspecting it for exhaust and some other stuff we were thinking about making and probably never will. But I stood under the truck. I like and, how you said I, probably never will, so you don't get those emails. It, oh, I heard you say nah. Yeah, I just I, I would love to serve the Toyota market. Eh. I just we don't have the bandwidth for it. Anyway, so the truck uh, truck's above me, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking there's so much vacant space under this truck. 
and it's so expensive. I thought there's just a lot of air. There's not, I'm not sure why if you put up a, I don't know, a GM mid-sized truck, e- even a- The Tacoma's essentially the, the same the, truck from 2005. The body in white's the same. No, I'm talking about the, the Tundra. Oh, on the Tundra. On, on the Tundra. And on, I, the new, I, I, on the new hybrid Tundra? Uh, on, this was the- this was the 3.4 liter twin turbo, not 3.5. It's 3.5. So technically it's called a three. Listen, technically don't, three be, don't be that guy I, from Car and Driver no, no, from I'm the 1990s. So I was saying. Ford's really a 4.9 Fox for a second. I was saying 3.5 until people started busting no, me in and they wore me down. You say it's what the manufacturer says. Otherwise you sound like you're trying to. That's the weird part, dude, is that no. it says 3.4. Uh, it sounds like trying to big. Stop for a second. I, no, look on Toyota's website right now. In some places it says 3.5 and other places it says 3.4 on the same truck. They can't even decide. It's, I'm tripping out on this thing. About two months ago, I was looking at 3-4, and, and someone was arguing with Billy at work. He's like, it says 3-4. And I said, no, it's 3-5. He goes, 3-5. Fight, fight, fight. It was a brawl, yeah. I'm with you, Lightning, dude. I'm totally with you. Because I think it was a competition between Toyota marketing and Ford marketing, in a, in a way, right? Because sure. Ford has a three-and-a-half liter, right, twin turbo. And Toyota came out with a 3.4 liter that may have been stretched to three fives. <laughs> and it's all about who has the biggest, right? Yeah. The most displacement yeah. and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I just, I just hate on the, the Toyota power plant, by the way, is, is really a pleasure to drive. It's super torquey. It's, it sounds good. It's nice. I just hate, especially on the pro models, how much damn freaking sound they punch into the cabin of fake engine noises. Oh my oh, the, god! Oh, it's so I horrible. I didn't notice that. Oh, the it sounds. You drive you about. This thing sounds almost like a V eight, and then you realize, damn you, Toyota! <laughs> and it's horrible. You just clipped our new board over here. Yeah, you see that? You're the you. first one to clip yeah. the board. Damn! Look at that. I like you it. Full on redlined it. That was cool. Go me. Um, so I just we we went down the street with with the guy who owned the truck to Jack in the Box. I didn't really get a good. Uh, example of of the audio, and he didn't romp on it either. Um, but I was just, I don't know why it struck me as like, I, for that price, you know, nothing under the truck. It was just like, I felt like we're seeing all this. Tundra. Tundra is I'm, even more expensive. Tundra is like, you know, mid 50s for a decent That's what one. I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So Tundra is the one that we had on the lift. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it reminded me, well, now I think back because I'm, we're seeing all those, uh, the Rams that are split in the middle, right? The guy had overloaded it with his camper shell yep. and the frame brakes. No, no, no. His sliding camper. I, Not a camper slide, shell. Like yeah. a freaking sliding. 6,000 like like pound wet freaking. Yeah. yeah. I, I get it. But it's just, I'm looking at her going, there's not much to this truck. Like it's just kind of tin canny, but I, I still like it. I love the lines. It's my favorite Tundra they've ever released as far as the body is concerned. And the, and the engine is great. And it's going to be, I'm sure at some point someone will tune it and get some more, more horsepower out of it. You, you never really deal, Andre, with aftermarket tuned vehicles correct you're pretty much just straight narrow on stock stuff right well for most of our testing yes but we um we love kind of smaller uh, businesses who tune stuff who are you know kind of u.s made so we do a lot of uh, reviews for example we have friends in houston uh, pax power who do some um, tuned trucks and also um, they built kind of you know, the trucks you may not get from the manufacturer, the OE, but you can get from them. Five-star tuning, we've done a lot of stuff from the, with the guys in um, East Coast. Uh, they focus on Fords. Um, so we do, you know, we, 
we like to do like everything, right? A bit of everything, but I don't get to test maybe the tune trucks quite as much. Gotcha. What's your stand right now on the super truck market and where is it going? Will it last? Is it just a fad? Now, when you say super truck, what are you referring to? I am to? referring to Raptors, TRX. Okay. And I guess... Ranger Raptor coming Ranger out Ranger Raptor. I guess GM doesn't have an answer for it yet. Man, I mean, the, basically the ZR2 is the closest thing, but I wouldn't consider that a super truck. It's more of a TRD Pro competitor and a Tremor competitor, but not quite here. TRX Raptor are kind of their own deal. Well, in the last couple of days, there was some rumor coming out that GM is working on something codenamed Meteor, like a Silverado, you know, equivalent of a Raptor F-150 or a TRX. And what was the name of it? Meteor. Uh, Meteor. Either Meteor or Meteor. Is it, <laughs> like, yeah, is that our truck's meteor than yours, or right. is our truck a uh, big flaming fireball going through the sky? Cool. I, I, but you hear those rumors so, from GM all the time. Like, over the years, how many times there's a Skunk Works group of... I mean, look at Black Lake. Uh, those guys that are all previous GM engineers got so sick of GM saying no to a Raptor competitor, they went out and started their own company to build them. I actually uh, I actually drag raced the uh, XT1, the Black Lake truck. Oh, you did? Um, against the ZR2. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and I think GM... I mean, GM is late to the party, or actually... Maybe they missed the party. Um, I mean, so the Raptor came out in, what, 2010, right? The original generation. Um, and the TRX is 2021. It's already a couple years you know, old. GM's super truck, I think, I think they really wanted the Hummer EV to be their super truck. Mm. Right? Yeah, I think because so, Because if you look at all... Uh, because I think if you look at all the specs of the Hummer... You know the the tires, the suspension, um, you know the the power, the kind of the capability of, that they were putting into that truck was super. Uh, they even called it that in their marketing, uh, super truck. And then, what what happened like, like a week ago? Uh, GM said that they're investing what almost a billion dollars into V8 engines. Yeah, small blocks. Right? I think that's them yeah. telling their customers that we understand that. You know, EV is not going to be right for everybody, especially the truck market, and we're not going to make a commitment. And this is actually backtracking from what, you know, Mary Barra said back when she said, oh, we're going to be, you know, internal combustion free by 2035 or whatever, like every other CEO. And then they're all going, oh, wait a minute, that's a stupid idea because that's not going to work. And I think Toyota has has said no. Hybrid's the way to go. Porsche's invented synthetic gasoline. Like all these people are going, no, no, internal combustion engine's not dead yet. Yeah, and you can still get a Hemi in the Ram. So the, the Hemi doesn't seem to be going anywhere either. Or my Jeep. So, exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so I think the super truck um, era, I was almost afraid. Like, if you asked me six months ago, I was going to say, you know, 2023 or 2024, maybe like the end of the big supercharged engines uh, that we currently have. Uh, but now the Raptor R is coming to customers. One of my friends in Denver just picked up a Raptor R from a dealer today. So it's actually here. And, I, you know, GM is investing in V8 engines, et cetera, et cetera. So I think we'll see a, a several more years, hopefully, of kind of traditional super truck competition, which is, which is amazing for all of us, right? So I was just going to say that's a great segue because uh, I wanted to get your take on EV because you guys have done some EV truck testing. Obviously, there's Rivian out there. There's the Lightning. There's the Hummer. You guys actually did a story. It's funny. We didn't talk, and I didn't see what you guys did but um, until after my story was done, but we kind of had a similar take on range where I did the wheels and tires 
I can't remember what your version of it was, but I did uh, an aggressive uh, extreme all-terrain on the same fitment, same sizes, and then went and did a, a, a test on that and talked about that. And I know you guys did some, have been playing around as well. What's your take on EVs in the truck space? Yeah, yeah. so 22, 2022 was kind of the big year, right? Because Rivian came to market, the Hummer was in small numbers, right, in 2022, and then, of course, the Ford Lightning. Yeah, I, I remember I, I listened to your story about your tire test, which was very interesting, and I think both of us came away with the same conclusion that it, it did, in our testing, our F-150 Lightning, uh, which had a bigger battery extended range, we put all terrains, not super aggressive on it, but it lost about almost 10% efficiency on the highway. Yeah, and that's about what uh, I saw. It was like nine and a half, I think, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so, so here's one of my takes on electric. So I think it's opened up my eyes, first of all, to everything else that's going on behind the scenes in the truck, right? Uh, because I think, uh, at least I think I was spoiled with just diesel power and gasoline power because it's so easy to replenish that fuel, right? When you go to the gas station, the 10 minutes, you're on the way again. Gas. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was kind of like lifting your truck and putting it on 37. didn't seem bad. Right. You're like, okay, I can, you know, I can do that. But I think when I was testing the lightning and the Rivian to some extent, and we actually drove the lightning all the way to the top of Alaska, uh, Pruto Bay as a team, we, we drove, that was a crazy trip last year. Uh, we learned, you know, how much aerodynamic matter, uh, aerodynamics matter, right? That and uh, rolling shell. resistance. So it, it just kind of brought everything to light. What I loved about electric trucks and still do um, is just performance, right? They're comfortable. They're quick. You know, the, the, the acceleration they provide is insane. Uh, the quickest truck we've tested it at, in Denver here in Colorado is is the Rivian now, right? It beat out the Hummer, beat out, you know, the TRX, anything. So, of course, there's negatives, right? Towing range uh, is bad uh, when you load them up. Charging infrastructure is not up to speed uh, in, in most areas, I would say. But I think I learned actually a little bit more about all the interworkings of a vehicle because the electric truck kind of brought it to light. I think that's fair. So we currently own a Hummer. So we sold the Lightning. We had uh, picked up a Hummer. We're fortunate enough to have a Hummer EV. It's uh, it's a little glitchy on the software, on the software side. It's funny because I was going to say, um, give us the Doug DeMiro take. <laughs> give us it's the eccentricities. Oh, God. <laughs> it's... It's a little glitchy on the software side, and it keeps fixing itself, right? It's it's acting, you know, like a computer. When you restart it, it, it gets better. But it's, it's still super comfy, uh, really, really powerful. Um, one negative on the Hummer, it's a little, it's a little noisy. You know, the, the roof panels and yeah. kind of the, the way they did the roof, uh, it's a bit noisy. I thought the same thing when Holman had a, a, a Rivian loaner. And that's the first thing he picked me up at my house, and I thought, "Wow, this is considerably louder than I expected." Well, and but part of it is it's an EV, so there's no background noise to cancel anything. I, I you know, so you I hear get everything. It. I get what you st- within thirty seconds. You're like, "Well, that's the tire noise." And I'm like, I, "I get it," but I yeah. figured it would just be they would have figured out a way to damp it. Yeah, you but know? you got to re- just they yeah, haven't. But you have to remember too, 
you know, this is one of the areas where EVs and trucks don't necessarily make sense. Okay. It's, you need low rolling resistance tires for range, but with trucks, we like all terrains. We like maximum traction and those two are in direct conflict with each other. I mean, I'm honestly- So they're going to make noise because you want to have a truck that has some sort of off-road capability. I think if you went and got a a brand new GM truck up against a Rivian, I'll bet the interior DB level is somewhat mm, similar. No, I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I think you're just picking out noises. You think because uh, it was so quiet inside, yeah, I'm hearing? Yeah. The, okay. It's kinda, uh, it could be. So so just going to off DB and interior noise. So back when I had my 20 Wrangler V6, I did sound deadening and I took a bunch of meter numbers with sound, decibel meter. And then I did sound deadening with our friends at SoundSkin in my 392, and I compared what my Jeep was in 2020 versus what my 23 is. And what was interesting is the 392 is just louder everywhere anyway, but most of that's exhaust. And so what's interesting is you can quiet down the road a bit, you can quiet down the wind a bit, but there's certain levels where at certain speeds and not maximum speed, it wasn't linear, but because of the RPM range of the Hemi or certain, you know, gear you were in and what you were cruising at, there's certain places, I don't know that I would call it a drone, but there's a place where the floor of the exhaust is higher than where the wind and road noise is. And so it's always in the background. And here I was thinking, man, I don't remember my old Jeep being this this loud on the inside. You know Whoa. where the, the floor is for my TRX? On. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when it's on. <laughs> but but just, just goes to show you that, you know, a DB meter, just like a dyno, is not everything. There's certain sounds that permeate no, and that, will take over. That's absolutely true. Like, yeah. I, I just this morning, I th- right around 2,900, 3,000 RPM in, in the TRX, it, you you wouldn't want to drive that you're at that speed in eighth gear. You're doing 110 miles an hour, whatever it is. You're, you're going too fast. But let's say you could drive that RPM. You wouldn't want to because it's just loud. Yeah. It's just, you'd go nuts. So is Andre still on the phone? Did we lose him? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm still here. I, I was going to say the quietest truck we've ever tested, we have tested last year or within the last year was the Tundra. Um, it was quite amazing. Not in that sport mode, right? Like Sean, you were saying, yeah. in, the sport mo- in the sport mode, it like augments sound, but in its normal mode, um, it was like 61 decibels or something crazy. It was like, it was like a whisper. And, I think and the 61's really low, by the way. Like most trucks are really quiet at around 64 to 65 dB at like 70, 75. When you get down to the low 60s at highway cruising speed, you're like Rolls-Royce Bentley territory. Other things that you guys test, you know, you've got right now best for 40K, Santa Cruz, Ranger, Ram 1500. You don't just mm-hmm. do, well, I guess you don't just do traditional trucks you're doing not just diesel you're doing gas you're doing do you do you dabble in suvs at all uh well not personally like i i focus on pickups okay and when i say pickup as i say a vehicle with a bed right so that's kind of my area and i'm really happy to be in this area but we have also have a team of 12 people at cfo so of course you know roman and tommy and nathan and and, you know, Alex and Case, a lot of us are, you know, doing all kinds of vehicles. And so I, I get to sit in a few vehicles, you know, and drive them a little bit. We get some loaders, right, from the manufacturer. I also test, you know, the big SUVs. Uh, I call them trucks, too, you know, the Tahoes and the Expeditions and the Grand Wagoneers. 
that's kind of my area as well. Does it surprise you that the Tahoe is the number one SUV in America? Uh, no, because it has been for like as long as I can remember, uh, I think. Uh, GM has just been super successful in that space. Yeah, they just own that category. Uh, be- because they also have, they have like three brands. You know, they have GMC Yukon, the Tahoe Chevy, and the Cadillacs also. Um, and they have just owned that space for so many years. Yeah, and they, they built a great SUV. I mean, the 5.3 is a great engine. And I think it's the 5.3. I mean, the whole it, LS small block is awesome. Yeah. I will say I hate the push button trans on the new ones. I hate it. I like the knob on the Rams and the Grand Wagoneers way better. I don't think I've seen been yeah, in one. It's a push button. I hate. I hate push button. Mm. Blah. It, it, it takes a while. It takes a while to get used to, for sure. That yeah. that little button. I feel like a knob, like on the Jeeps and the Rams. Like I can feel the detents, and I know what I'm doing without yeah. looking. I got to look at the dash to make sure I'm not pushing the wrong one. Yeah. I I, at first, I hated the Ram. We have the Eco Diesel Ram at I, work I, with the with the knob. I and love it, the knob. At, at first, I hated it, and then I got used to it. I drove to um, where did I take it to? Northern California, and uh, 16 hour round trip. And by the end of the trip, I was used to it. I was just flipping it back and forth. And the only thing that I really do not like about those transmissions is that they can uh, at least this one is that if the door was open it would slam on the brakes it would slam on the brakes your your taser takes you out of that yeah it can because a lot of us like to back up our trailers with the door open and so the the fix beyond that uh like the jeeps you just unplug the door because you can take them off and then just goes away yeah well you can't do that with a ram truck yeah stupid all right million dollar question to close out our interview with mr andre smirnoff is the ridgeline a truck yes <laughs> oh, did you see me write that nope. down right here no, i have it right here no way look at mine look, look at mine look, look at my right notepad here. right there they both wrote it down ah. uh, high five right here high five all right andre is the ridgeline a truck uh, i say yes Oh, no, no, you do not. We can't be friends anymore. Now now you're going to be more controversial than Johnny Lieberman. (laughs) Well, so, okay. So I call them pickup trucks, right? So uh, I was was talking to somebody last summer, and uh, they said, what do you do, Andre? And I said, "Uh, I test trucks. And they're like, oh, so you're a semi-truck driver. I'm like, no. No. Uh, Although I do have a CDL. I I got my CDL two years ago. that was a whole process. Anyways, for some reason, the word truck just means different things for different people. Um, when I say truck, I mean pickup truck. For the most, for the most part, that's kind of what I mean. And the Ridgeline has a bed. It's a pickup. And I, I know you guys talk about, you know, which way is your engine oriented and front wheel drive versus rear wheel drive architectures is it body uh, on frame so he's, he's listen yeah. to our our list and, of what makes a truck and our rants and so yeah. i'm stunned that uh he he's defying the truck show podcast rule can you at least meet us halfway and just call it a sport utility truck or a trucklet not a truck not, you don't like the no truck-lit. which one do we call a trucklet what was the trucklet the, the, the Maverick. The Maverick's the truck. Like, he remembers. We don't even remember. <laughs> I don't even remember what I, I... Listen, I've gotten five hours of sleep the last three days I, building this well, stupid we, studio. We flipped. I feel alive and vibrant, no, and you're no, dead over I'm there. dead, yeah. yeah. I had to make our... We had, the zombie. new lights in our studio do 16 million colors. I, I have them on hey, submarine hey, red right Andre, now. Andre, are you ever in the LA area, Orange County? Uh, Once in a while, yeah, yeah. Next time sure. you're down, come join us for a podcast. 
in Join studio. us pizza and beer in the in the in the whoa, uh, in the pod. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I just did new carpet. We're not eating in here yet. Yes, we are. are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm t- this I'm so is industrial right carpet now. right here. Yeah, it is. I got scar- I got carpet squares because I know yes. how you are. Because <laughs> carpet squares and glue. If you're if you're down here because they do rides. I mean, literally, we'd we'd love to have you. Love yeah. to host you in the studio and anytime. Appreciate it. And also, I would uh, reverse that and say, uh, as you may know, we have TFO Talking Trucks podcast that we started uh, what almost three years ago during COVID. And I would like to invite you guys on our podcast as well. Uh, I don't know, you know, both of you or one of you or... Has to be both of us or with. me. <laughs> yeah, you don't want just me. Oh, okay. I'll give us a bad look. Okay. It has to be, yeah. Bo- both of you. Yep. Um, so Nathan, Adam, and I are running our uh, Talking Trucks podcast uh, at TFL. So we would love to have you guys over. And uh, maybe once we test drive some more trucks this year, right, in the next uh, few weeks, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, let us know. We're, we would love to do that. All right. Well, look, you yeah. guys, uh, if you go to TFL Truck, the fast lane, that's TFL, tfltruck.com they've got links to all their socials all their stories all their videos so that's the i think the best place to find all of their content obviously you can find them on uh, all the podcast platforms youtube etc but if you go to tfltruck.com that's kind of the the home base is that correct absolutely yes perfect and also um because we have eight channels uh there is also all tfl.com so i really appreciate it guys i'm really happy that i'm the first guest in the new studio <laughs> Absolutely, awesome. I, I uh, we appreciate you, and uh, we hope the sound quality is better than we think it is. I think it's all right. Okay. I think it's all, yeah. All right, well, good. thank you for de-virginizing the uh, the new studio here. There you go. Thank you, guys. <laughs> all awesome. right, Andre. Talk to all you, right. too, buddy. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Talk to you. Bye. I feel like I could have talked to Andre for another half an hour. All right. Well, I think we should uh, continue the uh, the theme going on there, and let's uh, talk about some truck news. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Ah! Yeah, that's pretty good. Oh, that was good. It was, good. It was, for the there new was no reverb. Yeah, it was no, tight it was, and bright. It's all right. That was great. Yeah. Uh, our friends over at TFL Track, have you heard of them? I don't watch the news because I'm a kid. No. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> um... They are reporting that the 2024 GMC Sierra HD uh, can now be uh, purchased and optioned up to over $100,000. <gasps> and that will be for the 3500 HD Denali Ultimate. Good looking truck. A lot of cash. Yeah. Yeah. You get nothing. No, that's not true. No, you get a lot. You get a lot. Good day, sir. Mm, certainly get a lot. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? Nope. Well, let's stay on the topic of the uh, GMC Sierra HDs. The uh, 2024s have been seen out with uh, the ZR2 and AT4X package on the heavy duties, and uh, I think uh, they look pretty cool. It's uh, why haven't they done a you know Ford's been doing it with the Tremor? You've got Power Wagons and Rebels, um, and the Tremor is n- such a nice package. Oh, dude, seven three Tremors is where it's at. I think that they've got to be selling more Tremors than they expected. I, don't I you th- think? I think for sure. I think for sure. So, um, yeah, I have no idea why GM was so late to the party. I mean, they've got to be looking at the landscape going, man, Ford's selling all these super duties. we got to do something with our HD. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? What? No. Nope. Uh, spy shots uh, on the internet show the uh, 2024 Toyota Tacoma. And uh, no surprise, much like the uh, the Tundra that it shares the platform with, 
there's been some uh, revealing of the uh, dashboard on uh, the new truck, and it is going to have a digital gauge cluster on it. Interesting. So, Do you, you know how wide it is? Uh, there's no way to tell. They basically have one of those sheets that with the zippered openings on all over the dash. So the spy photographer, uh, basically, you just see slits and things and gotcha. can't really tell much other than it looks like a typical Toyota dash layout. And, Forgive uh, me for gauges. not seeing. Uh, I did not know that they had interior decorations to cover yeah, oh yeah. the dashboards and yeah, such. Absolutely. They have that. Has that always been the case? Yeah. Especially on vehicles that have not been uh, released yet. Huh. I just thought exteriors, never thought about the interiors. Yep. Hmm. Uh, you, get, you know, a lot of those guys have to park them overnight somewhere at a hotel or whatever. So they zip up uh, the covers on it and make sure that prying eyes can't take a, a you know, a glance at what the future looks like. Hmm. Hey, lighting, did you hear? <laughs> nope. So Motor Trend just uh, posted some uh, spy shots from the factory of the 2024 Ford Ranger Raptor. Oh, tell me more, please. Uh, I think it's cool. I mean, from somebody who built a Ranger back in the day and was wishing Ford would, you know, have a vehicle like this. Obviously, we don't know, you know, ground uh, clearance or wheel travel or some of those numbers. But it sounds like it'll probably have the uh, three-liter EcoBoost V6 that is shared with the Bronco Raptor. Right. Um, obviously, they are platform mates. Uh, but it won't have the uh, the 37s of the Bronco. It looks like it'll be uh, 33s on the Ranger, which I wish they went to 35s. Like, I get not tw- putting the 37s. The Bronco has big old, you know, wheel arches and wheel wells. Ranger doesn't. But, man, 35s, 35s would, cool. would really. Especially since the big Raptor has 37s as an option. It now. would make the difference. Yeah, especially if GM's chasing, you know, them down. But, um, yeah, so it looks like uh, these are photos. This uh, Cactus Gray Ranger uh, Raptor prototype was on the assembly line at Ford's Michigan assembly plant. It was leaked on ranger6g.com on their forum. And it looks like the uh, the overseas Ranger Raptor uh, quite a bit. It's amazing uh, that they kept, uh, for the most part, uh, the styling over. But, uh, yeah, so if it comes out with the EcoBoost uh, 3-liter, it'll be a 10-speed automatic transmission. It's uh, a 284-horsepower and 362 in Europe and 392, 430 in Australia. So it'll be interesting to see which spec the uh, the U.S. truck gets. Dude, please, 392. Uh, obviously, you can expect full-time four-wheel drive, two-speed transfer case, modes, all that kind of stuff. Uh, on this particular truck, you get a live axle with a Watts link in the rear. Uh, so that's coils. And Fox 2.5-inch uh, live valve internal bypass shocks. Uh, and it looks like uh, 17-inch wheels with BFG KO2 all-terrain tires. It also shows... On these photos that the Ranger Raptor interior definitely resembles the overseas one. It's got the code orange accents on it, uh, and it's the uh, Raptor sports seats, 12.4-inch digital cluster, and a 12-inch vertically oriented touchscreen. So... uh, Going to be uh, going to be pretty awesome. That's uh, a lot. That's a lot of screen for a little truck. That's a lot of screen. So expect it somewhere in the mid sixties, I would uh, imagine. I mean, those trucks are getting expensive. Dang. Ford's got some videos of it uh, hucking through the air, and it definitely looks uh, cool with the suspension dropped out and everything. But uh, I'm I'm excited for that one. Um, like I said, I've always wanted a, a Ford to do a factory Ranger Raptor here in the U.S. It just the styling's good, but it looks undertired to me. It just needs that 35. I think that truck would be so much better on 35s. It's kind of the way I feel about the uh, the TRX, you know? On 35s, it look great. 37s, mm, just made it. Did cut down. I feel like I'm about a... Almost a, almost a second slower, 0 to 60 now. You might be. But uh, I haven't done my 0 to 60 in the 392 with all the AAV stuff on it because yeah. it was about four and a half before. It'll be interesting to see what it's, it's at now. It's still quick, and I'm happy with it. 
I love the it look at it. Seven hundred horsepower. Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. But I I can feel it. It's not like it's not noticeable. But I still I'm going to leave it. I'm going to be happy. The HRVs just look so damn good on there. Yeah, they look great. Hey, lighting. Did you hear? No. Nope. The 2024 GMC Hummer EV SUV is now uh, being produced at Factory Zero. So uh, the shorter SUV version of the Hummer truck is uh, in production. So hopefully you'll uh, be able to pick one up soon if uh, if that is your uh, your jam. Uh, I actually think the SUV is super burly and sexy. Not that the truck isn't, but I just feel like the the design and the styling is a little tidier on the SUV than on the truck. So, hey, Lightning, did you hear? I didn't have wow, the patience for that. Wow, that was really, that was yeah, a really I long. And I ended it. Uh, <laughs> have you ever heard of a bolus? Bolus trailers like RVs. B O L I S. B O W L U S. No. So it's like negative. It, they no. look super retro, like steampunk. They're kind of airstreamish. Okay. They look like an upside down canoe with the front end chopped off. All right. And they're they're cool. So uh, they build these uh, super luxurious travel trailers. They're even more pricey and bespoke. How than long has this company been around? Uh, I mean, they're not new. Okay. I don't know when they started. I'm not super into the RV I'm market. I'm going to look it up right now. But uh, typically their trailers go for $300,000. <gasps> what? Like super, super luxurious. Spell it again from B-O-W-L-I-S? L-U-S. L-U-S. Bolus. So Clear. now they're going to uh, come out with a Heritage Edition. And uh, the Heritage Edition is their new entry-level product. It's got this cool mill finish exterior, which is a satin silver finish, uh, so it's not polished, so less man hours. You know, like the uh, the, the other Bolus ones are all mere polished and are just freaking amazing. Uh, it's made of riveted aluminum with a monocoque construction, so it's air. You know, the whole point is like it's built like an aircraft, so they're super strong. Um, and uh, the Bolus will say that this travel trailer will only weigh 2,900 pounds in base form. So that means it's uh, the what they're claiming is the world's lightest full-size travel trailer currently in production. And that means that it can uh, be towed by many of the mid-size, mid-size trucks, trucks yeah. SUVs, EVs. Uh, it's aerodynamic, so they're looking at... That's uh, smart. That's smart because that's the future of uh, trucks are going, you know, electric and you got to get the weight down what if they'll go carbon fiber no their whole deal is aluminum mere polished aluminum that's that's their yeah. jam no so, not 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 them i'm saying in in general oh yeah you'll the see more future of fiber. is going to be lightweighting you'll, these you'll, you'll definitely see more carbon fiber uh every heritage edition trailer will come with a two kilowatt battery pack a you can uh, offer a power package for another two uh, kilowatts there's gonna be a 2000 watt inverter solar power of course Bluetooth power monitoring, off-grid air conditioning for up to four hours, which seems like not enough to me. But then there's a various different states of upgrades, you know, uh, six kilowatt battery, air conditioning for eight hours, all that kind of stuff. And uh, it grows from there. But this uh, edition uh, starts at a uh, somewhat palatable $159,000. Oh, my God. Somewhat palatable. To who? Uh, rich people. Yeah. Who uh, need a second home. I remember when this is in 2005-ish, before the big, uh, before the crash, and I bought a Weekend Warrior Super C. So it was on a uh, GM, uh, a Chevy 6500 series out of Duramax. It was the 34 feet, really measured about 37. And I paid about a buck 
59 for that thing, brand new. And that ain't no bolus. Bay, no, ain't no bolus. But that thing had an engine and it slept eight, which seems like uh, seven more than I need. Because <laughs> when, when I go out, I just like to be left alone. Oh, no, it was great. We had a lot of good times in that thing before I sold it, before I went bankrupt <laughs> <laughs> the first time. Hey, Lighting, did you hear? No. No. <laughs> okay, that's easy enough. Uh, the 2024 Ram. 1200 has been spotted testing in cold weather with the uh, Fiat Toro. Stop. What? What? The smaller RAM pickup is a global platform. and A prop- 1200. Yep. Not we, a fifteen. We, we talked about it before. Okay. It's probably not coming to the U.S., but it's just interesting to see uh, it out testing. Who knows? I mean, with uh, with the Maverick and the Santa Cruz and, you know, the... Uh, uh, some of the teasing from Chevy about a, a one, you know, a, a unibody pickup, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure that they could bring it here. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? What you talking about, Willis? Hmm. Uh, the Ford F-150 Raptor R has been uh, dynoed and uh, looks like about a 17% loss from the uh, drivetrain. Okay. So the late model restoration channel on YouTube took delivery of a brand new 2023 F-150 Raptor R and they dyno tested it right away. Uh, they did a, a series of runs. So it started uh, out in uh, completely uh, stock form. As a reminder, the 5.2 liter V8 pumps out 700 horsepower and 650 pound-feet of torque. And uh, the result showed a peak output of 580 at 6,300 RPM and 533 pound-feet of torque at 4,400 RPM at the wheels. And so uh, that's about 17%. So uh, I think that's probably pretty accurate. Um, mm-hmm. It's not huge for a truck on big off-road tires or things like that. I w- actually would have expected it to be a little closer to 20%. I think a really efficient car is, what, probably 9, 10, something like that. I'd love to see that uh, test happen again with some smaller wheels and tires to see what uh, how it performed. To, just to see what the wheels and tires yeah. did to the overall. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the second run, they put in a uh, performance air filter and actually got nine horsepower and 1.5 pound-feet of torque out of it. But that's BS. I saw that video, uh-huh. and um, they had the hood up. So Oh, so it could have been drawing from... Yeah, of course. Oh, interesting. That Close the freaking hood, dude. Because the heat's going and getting... Come on, escaped. seriously. All yeah. right. Uh, that's fair. Uh, you're anyway. not, you, you, you can't drive with the hood up, so stop testing with the with your... Uh, yeah, that's fair. You know? Fair. Every, every dyno run where I see the hood up, bogus. And that's like 99% of them. They go, well, we don't have the fans in the front end to, to load it with air. Then don't do it. Stop it. If you can afford a $30,000 dyno, freaking buy big fans, not the little carpet fans. I know I sound like Gail Banks if you've seen any of his videos yeah. lately, but seriously. Feel like as I'm soon as having I, breakfast with Gail but The problem right is now. as soon as he it, it enlightened me and I saw that, I'm like, that's yeah. obvious. Well, now Why are pin- you testing in a way that you cannot possibly drive with? There's so much heat under that freaking hood. And now that, you're picking up on it whenever you see it. Yeah, I, I can't ignore it now. It's like headlights. Lighting, like can we move on, please? Yeah, all right. Lighting, yeah, have you heard? No, you have heard this because Andre just told us about it. So oh. uh, the uh, the Meteor project over oh, at Sharp so. Motors. Yeah, could that yes, be a uh, Raptor R and TRX fighter? Could it? Could it? Could it? What do you think? I'd be very interested to learn more about it if that were the case. I've been waiting for GM to launch some return fire and just nothing. Keep waiting. It's just crickets, like that found the cricket sound effect on here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you and your new toys are going to be annoying me and yeah. the uh, rest of our audience for quite a bit. Yes. Hey, check this out. Uh, 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 no, I didn't hear. No, God, please, no, no. 
Okay. The F-150 Lightning, uh, there was a, a shop apparently that put Raptor suspension on one. Already so interesting. A collab between uh, Leaf Johnson Specialty Vehicles and TSW Off-Road. And uh, basically uses F-150 Raptor parts and uh, completely custom hardware. Uh, so the battery-powered pickup can uh, now uh, huck like the uh, like its lighter sibling. Interesting that you say that because in the carpool lane yesterday, it passed me is a was a Ford F-150 Lightning with 35s. Now, I don't know that for sure, but they were definitely not 33s. And I doubt the guy, it didn't look lifted, so he couldn't put 37s on it. Will it fit 35s? Cause yeah, it, okay. I, we, we did a story. Did I, I did a lift with 35s. Are, yeah. Okay, well, this was, was had 35s on it, and I thought, well, interesting. Hmm. Hmm. Already seeing those. So if you want to uh, check it out, go to uh, go to thedrive.com. They've got an a article uh, from Caleb Jacobs on it, and he kind of goes through what it took to put Raptor-like suspension on it. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of custom work because the Lightning is independent rear suspension, so it wasn't a direct swap over there. Uh, but it's amazing how similar the front of the uh, the Lightning is to the standard F-150. Some would say identical from my experience of putting a off-the-shelf F-150 kit on the front. So uh, pretty pretty cool. Nice to see people uh, out, you know, having fun with those trucks and seeing what they're capable of. Hey, Lightning, did you hear? No! Nope. So our friends over at Nissan are uh, doing something super crazy. Nissan is taking their new uh, Aria, uh, which is their electric uh, SUV, mm-hmm. and they revealed... Did they name it after the hotel in Vegas, or did, did the Vegas hotel name it after the truck? It, neither. The so uh, they have announced that uh, they're going to make a 17,000-mile trek from the North Pole to the South Pole. That starts later this year, um, and it's awesome. It's uh, basically the Aria crossover fitting... 39-inch BF Goodrich tires. What? Not possible. Hold on a second. I think it looks rad. It looks like a moon buggy. Wow, that is awesome. So the biggest upgrades are the tires. How did they pull and, them off? Well, let me get to the okay. story. Lightning? Uh, Hurry up. Get to it. They widen. And remember, this is an all EV. Uh, they widen the fenders to accommodate the uh, the tires. And they installed a roof-mounted utility unit that has a deployable drone so it can follow. Inside, Nissan integrated an espresso machine to make the mornings in the wilderness <laughs> much more manageable. Maybe I guess they know. I guess they know their, uh, their audience there. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty cool to see what they're going to do. And uh, I think that's their point of proving that's, the new SUV. That's the concept that needs to go to market. So the automaker did not make any changes to the battery or electric motors. And it's going to be uh, featuring the dual motor setup with Nissan's E-Force all-wheel drive control system. And it makes 389 horsepower and 443 pound-feet of torque. And they collaborated with, uh, the reason it has such big tires, Arctic Trucks, if you, you'll know, in Europe is... Uh, the place to go when it comes to expedition vehicles. They're the ones who have all of those trucks like, uh, you know, Tundras and things like that on big old, you know, 44 inch tires that go over like the crevasses and stuff. But they also have a Nissan Navara that is an Arctic Treks AT32 package, which is akin to our AEV package over here. So it's not Nissan's first, uh, you know, trip around the world with uh, their friends over at Arctic Trucks. So. so who's behind the wheel on that trip? So this article says that it'll tackle some of the world's most extreme environments, uh, going through deep snow, ice fields, sand dunes, and it'll tow a portable renewable energy unit. Uh, and the prototype features a packable, lightweight wind turbine and solar panels to help recharge the EV's 90 kilowatt hour battery pack. Which and who's isn't driving? That big. So it looks like a husband and wife, Chris and Julie Ramsey, who've spent four years preparing for this trip, which is uh, scheduled to begin in March, will be the uh, the pilots. So. Uh, 
can uh, search uh, online for uh, Nissan Aria uh, Arctic Trip or uh, North Pole. Pole to Pole Drive, I guess is what they're calling it. Uh, go find it there and, and check it out. I think it'll be pretty cool. We'll watch their progress from, from the comfort of our uh, new studio. I think we should interview them from the road. <laughs> okay. They're going to be in Europe, and who knows if they have cell phones in the wilderness. Of course wherever they have they are. cell phones. We just wait till they pass through a city. Okay. Time they, it they, no, perfectly. They, they've eschewed cities. No cities <laughs> oh, for them. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh-huh. And last but not least, uh, Lightning, did you hear? No. No. I'm only bringing this up because I thought it was cool. Uh, there's the new Volkswagen ID Buzz, which is the sort of, uh, I guess, a descendant of the, the bus. Okay. It's... it's so I didn't even realize that all the all the so it's ID four and yeah, also yeah, ID, ID is their okay. electric line, which at okay. some point they'll be all electric and there'll be no more ID from what I hear. But anyway, this is their van. It was modeled after the bus. It's got some cute future retro styling cues, but it doesn't look like a bus. It's got a fast rake to the windshield and stuff like that. Like they could have done it better, I think. Um, so it was all about aero on this thing. Yeah, it's always all about aero, especially on these vehicles. But what's cool is <gasps> that's a shirt all about aero. Write it down. All about aero. Mm-hmm. I don't all about is that aero. really a shirt. No, it's not. Don't write it down. I, I don't like it. Yeah, I liked it for a, a ten seconds. Nah, it's not, dumb. Nah, it anyway, uh, Alpen Camper from Germany uh, debuted a full uh, camper setup on the inside, kind of like the old Westphalia and things like that, with the pop roof and everything on it. With the, the uh, cool. with, with the lame curtains that go around it. Let's see here. Uh, we're going to put those lame curtains in our studio here. That is not attractive. Yeah, it's cool. No, it's it's fun and it's functional. Yeah, and I'd be funky. into it. Yeah. It is funky. Yeah, it's cool. You're... Why are they all doing fake grills in the back? They did have to give it like a nod to a grill. You know, it's like oh, vents. In you don't need vents. Yeah, you do. Why don't you need vents? I realize they're trying to cool the batteries, but uh, you, you still can... have heat exchangers. Yeah, you're not breathing intake, but the, they still have to shed heat. Well, then have a real grill. Don't just have a, a makeshift, like, pansy-ass you're fall, you're grill fall, right there. You're falling apart, falling right, apart. In, right in front of my eyes. I am. All right, well, uh, let's uh, let's get out of the news before we can show some more deficiencies in your uh, automotive knowledge. Let's do some inbox. <sighs> you email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. All right, this one's from uh, HP. Yeah, that just came off the printer because we uh, changed yeah. the toner. Uh, this one is from a LaserJet P2015 series, and it says uh, no, 1,200 not, DPI, no, no, available print quality no, up to 27 no. that's uh, PPM. That's because the printer's in the corner, oh. and it just printed that out. Oh, that's weird. I'm trying huh? to turn the lights up on the studio so you can read, because I know your vision's not good, and we have the submarine lights on right now. I uh, should be able to read. We'll give it a shot. Okay, well, uh, I'll give you... Whoa. Where's the trash can? You don't have a trash right can Right there. Here. Do you have one? Did I make it? Here we go. Oh, there you go. All right, turn the lights up. There you go. All lights right. are going up. Here we go. Now, I can read. Now you should be able to read. There I you go. can read. read that one. All right. This one is from. Uh, La- why does it? Why are the lights keep going up and you're not even touching your uh, your app over there? Because there's. Uh, I had to upgrade our Wi-Fi router, but I didn't install it yet. So there's yeah. some latency with the Wi-Fi. A lot so of latency. So they're basically just checking in as the uh, signal gets I out. I feel like them. it's voice activated. Hold on, let me try something. No, they're not. It's not on the clapper. Email there. Remember that clap on clap on the clapper. Email. OVR. I wish I could clap yours. Yeah, you can. (laughs) Oh, it works. (laughs) Oh, he's just messing with me. Um, Lars says, uh, "Hi, Holman and Jabule." 
Hey, Sean, any idea where I can find OVR on the newsstand in Canada? I guess I haven't stood in front of the magazine rack in the grocery store in quite some time. Either as a lot of other people. Um, So I don't know when we're going to be on the newsstand in Canada, but you can get a Canadian subscription. It'll cost a little bit more because of shipping. For those of you in the U.S., we just found out we're going to be in all 440 Barnes & Noble stores, and we're also going to be uh, available in Books A Million, and we're in uh, negotiations right now to get into Cabela's and Bass Pro Shops. All right, got this one. Uh, End of Four Wheeler says uh, from Ronnie Koontz. Hey, guys, so glad you're continuing on with the podcast. I've been a listener since early on and especially love the deep dives. Uh, I have also subscribed to Speed School. I could see Lightning chewing his tongue in two while recording what I think was the Corey Willis episode. The guests liberally sprinkled I seen all over that interview. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I chatted with him before and after, and he couldn't shake it. <laughs> uh, he, he couldn't seen it? Heartbroken over the end of the print version of Four Wheeler, I've been a loyal subscriber for longer than most of uh, your listeners have been alive. It has always held a place of honor in my reading room, bathroom next to the American Rifleman and Sport Aviation. I'm going to subscribe to the new <laughs> magazine that Sean has invested in. That would be OVR, uh, Outdoor Vehicle Recreation. And lastly, a listener called on the hotline not too long ago wanting you all to have an off-road suspension guy on. I think he was building a square body. Uh, Drew Burroughs, I know Drew, of Goat Built would make an excellent guest. He develops and sells parts and kits for the do-it-yourselfer that cannot be beat. Uh, always answers questions personally. I've built two of his Ibex kits, the Buggy in a Box from Ian's show. Please keep up the great shows and remember, everything matters. Thanks for watching and remember, everything matters. Oh, this is a uh, perfect one for you by, to read. By the way, did you say Goat Built? Yes. Goat Built. Yes. Okay. Hey! This is a subject line from Trevor. So I have an auto shipment of my whole husk psyllium fiber, and oh. it must have shown up when I was out of town and someone stole it off my porch. That sucks. I wound up running out for a few days. <laughs> what a bummer, man. <laughs> Just a reminder to take your daily fiber and keep those healthy logs coming. So Trevor Nemero is now uh, <laughs> wow. doing PSAs. Was he drunk when he wrote that? I don't know. I don't want to know about your stool at mm. all. Uh, Mike Boyle says... Well, thank uh, you, Trevor, for writing. Idea for a better podshed name, Studio 392. Oh, damn. I like that, but then if I ever change it to something, I don't want to have to change studio name. No, so, no, that's Sorry, cool. Mike. Well, I like Studio 392. That's cool. I don't even own one out of like that. No. Four-Wheeler Magazine, subject line from Gregory Vanderpoel. Hey, Holman and Lightning. Sorry, you got it backwards. Uh, I was wondering if the four-wheel magazine had been canceled permanently. Yep. And if you have any suggestions about another off-road print magazine, thank you and five stars. Uh, You'll want to head over to OVRmag.com, which is uh, the the new uh, magazine, Outdoor Vehicle Recreation. And uh, I am a minority owner in that, so I'm going to be a shill for it. Please, whatever you do, subscribe to OVRMag.com. You can get it in digital, you can get it in print, and you'll find our podcast on the uh, website. Uh, This is an interesting one. Uh, Did you hear about your Reviver license plates, Lightning? I've been seeing a lot of them, but if there's news about the Reviver digital plates, I have not seen it. You have not seen the fact that the uh, White Hats were able to hack into them. Really? All right, so this one comes from our buddy Ray. Part of a larger article on most of the auto manufacturers being hacked by white hats, quote, unquote, a small number of regions allowed digital license plates. The hackers were able to get into the digital plate seller reviver to manage all vehicles, report vehicles stolen, find all owner records, and locate all vehicles. 
Oh, my God. Reviver noted that the record showed this vulnerability had not been tapped, and they put a patch in within about 24 hours from what I read. But some of the issues were they were able to theoretically eliminate all of the registration from every uh, commercial vehicle in a fleet, report the fleet stolen, change information on it, put bogus plates on it, all sorts of stuff. I'm going to stick with my metal plate, Lightning. What do you have to say for yourself? I still like the Reviver plate. You can't change your voice and, <laughs> like, you can't, you can't, and then it's, like, not you. I still think it is the future of license plate technology. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh. This will be you. You try it. You, you defend it. Go. They are coming for you. They are starting with license plates. First, it will be license plates. Then it will be monkeys. Then it will be robots. Then it will be robot monkeys. And then you will be dead. But I will be in charge of all the licenses and registrations for vehicles and will command traffic patterns at will. This is not true. You are not smart enough to be their leader. You will just be hacked. I will do the hacking. All right. Are we done playing with the buttons on the new board now? What the hell's wrong with you? You need to read this one right here. Oh, dear God. This is so long. Here we go. But it's about something you care about. I love it. I'm, gonna, I'm into it. I'm into it. I'm going to stand for this one. Standing up. Wow. Lightning socket set. It's coming to me from uh, Chad Like out of uh, Fowlerville, Michigan. Boss Haas and Lightning Bug. So I realized I missed an episode and went back to December 26th. Lightning Bug, dude, you can stop with the Lightning Bug stuff. Lightning asked for recommendations on socket sets. And I'd like to recommend these from Milwaukee. Oh, he's got a long link. And it looks like Home Depot, Milwaukee, three-eighths and quarter-inch drive, SAE, metric ratchet socket, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So there isn't any extra fluff in these sets that you don't need. But what is really cool is the case that they come in because it can be attached to a packout floor plate and you can mount it just about anywhere. In addition, the system works great because you can uh, buy other boxes, storage, and tool sets that can link up uh, to this same set so that it all locks into place and stays put. The best part is that this set does not rattle when running on dirt roads in the trucks because uh, each piece is securely in place. The set that I linked to is uh, for a quarter-inch and three-eighths drive sets, but Milwaukee is releasing half-inch drive in the same size case very soon. So I don't work on vehicles daily, but I am an engineer in the automotive technology field, and I promise they will take an absolute beating and then turn around and ask for some more. In addition, these sockets are also squared at the drive. If so, if you set them down under a vehicle or whatever, they do not roll away. That's... uh, that's smart. I like uh, I like that idea. We got to get um, Chad on the horn. He's in in the automotive tech field. I don't All right. know what that means. Well, we need to find out. Chad, email us back. Let us know yep. uh, what that means. So hopefully this helps. I've owned Snap-on, Madco, Proto, and Cornwall, and this set is by far my favorite. Good luck in your search. So he's owned all the good ones. I, I will take your point there. Um we need a tool talk section on the podcast. Maybe old boss man Sean could work on that for us. Uh, I would argue that anyone else who uses a truck uses tools in some way. I have reached out to both DeWalt in Milwaukee and could not get to the right people at either company. 
Interesting. So I've it's I would love to have a tool company on. I don't care who, yellow, red, blue, I whatever. I did find a woman at Gear Wrench. Right, let's have her on. Okay. Uh, I wish Truck Famous the best. Really looking forward to seeing what comes of it, Chad. And uh, we really appreciate you writing in and uh, suggesting that Milwaukee said, I am going to click the link and check it out. All right. One last one here from Jason Gaynor. He says, uh, Jay and Sean, get the damn shirt side up soon. This is absolutely the only podcast I look forward to every week. And while I'm surprised that my favorite podcast is from California, you guys are absolutely awesome. Sean, J2, if you end up in North Carolina, <laughs> we need your Dr. Pepper sauce for the brisket. All right, enough with the fluffing. <laughs> so my last email was about my 19L5P. I had to hook the pedal monster back up. No biggie, but I checked the battery connections and other things. The big-ass filter was off the tube and other things were out of place. Is this the case of crappy dealer service? Seems like it would make sense to remove the intake to change the P0300 or whatever the injector harness code is. Uh, it's all married back up, but the only reason I'm driving the truck is because our Mini is blowing oil everywhere. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> because, why? Because he's driving a Mini, so I get the blame because I had a Mini? I Maybe. I guess so. Huh. He says, the uh, last episode with A-Rod Power Stroke was great. Please find that version of D-Max Expertise. By the way, I had so many people reach out who loved that that episode. Uh, Cummins guys and uh, D-Max guys asking if we could find the equivalent in their space. So okay. we heard you guys. I mean, I'm talking 20 people. Well, that's a pretty good haul for one guest or one topic. So um, we'll, we'll definitely keep our eyes open. And if you guys know of anybody that's on a YouTube channel or similar to what uh, what he did on the Power Stroke for the Cummins or uh, Dramax folks, let us know. We're, we'll ha- be happy to reach out and book them. One of the guys that I've been meaning to get on, and I just I don't know why, I would talk to him every couple of months, is Andrew Stouffer, who owns SNS Diesel. Mm-hmm. They specialize in Bosch high-pressure fuel pumps and injectors, and he is the guy... Um, that is, he's also an expert in uh, programming Motec systems, mm-hmm. et cetera. So Andrew is, uh, he used to work at Bosch. Okay, so he so knows his he Give us some great stuff. insight, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, he says, uh, the show's great. Thank you for both the time and effort. Just know it does not fall on deaf ears. The show's entertaining, informative, and educational. Kind of the same thing, but Gail appearances provide credibility. Uh, three things that typically do not belong. <laughs> we have no credibility. I know, right? Three things that typically do not belong in the same sentence. Oh, and Sean, tonight's bourbon was an EC18. Hard to find one here. Pretty stoked to find it locally at retail. That's the Elijah Craig 18 year. Uh, so he says, uh, yeah, buddy, Finnegan's version. Yeah, buddy. And he says, uh, thank you both, Jason Gaynor. And going back to his question about uh, dealership, you know, I, I wonder... Uh, I'll tell you, I go to a, uh, obviously a Stellantis dealership because of my Jeep and they respect and sell aftermarket parts and, and I've never had an issue. Uh, GM dealers seem to be a lot more uh, averse to aftermarket parts, especially on the diesel trucks. So I don't know if it was a sloppy tech or somebody kind of shoving it back at you because you didn't use all GM parts or something, but uh, that sucks. It does suck. And I I can see them... So, so here's if if you look at your stock parts, many times they're designed with the build in mind, meaning they've got special tabs and alignment rings and all these things, so the people who are assembling them can put them together like Legos. And so you got a guy who gets used to coupling the intake tube with the small hose coupler, and then he knows where the clamp goes, and he connects it to the turbo, and it just lines up because he's done a hundred of them. And then all of a sudden he gets one that he's never dealt with before. And he's like, 
he puts the clamp in the wrong spot yeah. and it doesn't clamp right. Yep. And so the tube and the and the coupler pop apart. Now all of a sudden you got a boost leak yeah. and now it's, it's running code. rich and all this blah, blah, blah. I, so. I, I, here's what I would say. I don't think it's a dealership specific issue. What I think it is, is uh, sloppiness of the t- particular tech. Because I think it can happen anywhere. I'm one of those guys that takes my car to the dealership because I don't have time. Not that I don't enjoy or know how to do oil change, but... There's nothing wrong with the dealer. There's nothing wrong with the independent guy. There's nothing wrong with having somebody work on your cars. But if you're going to hand your car off to somebody, it's up to you to double check their work and make sure the vehicle's right. I've had the same thing happen at independents that I had glowing reviews from. And I thought, this is the guy. Not so much. So I just think you have to find the mechanic that you trust. You know, ask your friends. Who do you go to? Joe, Bob, Tim, Tina? Who's the best one? And uh, Bill? Bill? Yeah. Bill's always the best. Bill's always great. Yeah. Yeah. And Dick. Bill and Dick? Yeah. (laughs) Bill and Dick. Or just Dick. 657-205-6105. 657-205-6105. Five-star hotline. Leave us a message. The truck show. The truck show. The truck show. And you can see, look, new studio, and I flubbed. But but we're going to roll right through it. And you can hit us up on our socials at LBC Lighting, at Sean P. Holman, or at Truck Show Podcast. Of course, please leave us a message. We haven't heard from you guys in a while. 657-205-6105. That is the five-star hotline. And please follow us on Instagram and follow us on Facebook, again, at Truck Show Podcast. Uh, we'd love to see you guys. We'd love to interact with you guys. Did you give our uh, our email addresses? Truck Show Podcast at gmail.com, Holman at truckshowpodcast.com, and Lightning at truckshowpodcast.com. And I had a listener actually use my new email this week. I did too, but I think it's confusing. That I, is what I, it is. I think so that... Um, we can't get rid of truckshowpodcast at gmail.com because then people will just be a black hole. No, I think we have to consider it. I do. Well, I think we have to consider... I don't need it. any more emails right now. No. I have my personal one. I have my user adventure one. I have the Truck Show Podcast no, but, uh, one. But Liz, I have I, the other Truck Show I, Podcast I, I one. I get it, but they need to be able to find us. They can find us. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. All right. Listen, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com is the main one. If you want to reach us individually, it's Holman or Lighting at truckshowpodcast.com. That's it. Simple. Unlike the way I explained it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you know wh- what's simple? What? You know what's really simple? Buying a Nissan truck? Yeah. God damn it. See? That's twice today. Yes. See? I thought I'm just, you know, I'm setting you up. Yeah, T-ball. I think we spent too much time together. I think that's the <laughs> problem. Is seriously. Like, I'm like, I'm hungry. And you go, we're going to I'm like, yes, yeah. how'd you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's weird finishing our, each other's yeah, sentences and bad. wives wonder. Uh, anyway, yeah. All right, l- listen. If you've got a need for a pickup truck. And- stop, stop, stop. What is wrong with you? All right, yeah, I'm going to do the read anyway. Nissan trucks are awesome, even if you're a robot. Would you stop? <laughs> NissanUSA.com. <laughs> Go get yourself a Titan, a Titan XD. I've been driving a Titan XD for literally a month, and Nissan's yeah. like, drive it for another month. You seem to be really using it and enjoying it. And you know what? I am. It's been my around town uh, car. It's been great. And it uh, gets better fuel economy than that other thing I have in my driveway. So I've, I've uh, incredibly appreciative of Nissan for uh, for helping build the studio with that Titan. And uh, thank you for letting me have it. Zero gravity seats, Fender audio system, platinum reserve. The thing's a beast. Four-wheel drive. It's. I actually had a lady walk up next to me, and she's looking. You don't realize an XT is way bigger than a regular Titan. Like, it's it's big. And she's like, what is that? And I'm like, it's a Nissan Titan. She goes, it's the biggest Titan I've ever seen. And I'm like, you're right. It no, is. she did yes, not she did. say that. She said that. Yes. 
Yes, she was impressed by its girth and <laughs> overall size and its capability, and so am I. I think you're just... No, she, literally that literally happened. No, and, it did. Uh, it no, did. That is, no. Been enjoying it. That ain't true! You would enjoy it also. That's not true! No. So I have it for uh, a few more weeks. I'm going to uh, continue enjoying it. And fuel prices are still really hefty, right? They're still uh, hurting your pocketbook. Do you ever see pocketbook? I always say wallet. I feel like my Never my pocketbook. father and my grandfather said pocketbook. I'm like, that's like an old timey thing, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Pocketbook? Okay. If fuel prices are still kicking your ass, one way to alleviate some of that ass kicking is by helping your truck breathe easier. You know what's kicking my ass? Me. No. What? Building a freaking studio oh, yeah, in six weeks. Well, let, let, listen, I'm going to let a new you get to re-homing. bed. So let me finish the banks thing and you yeah. get to bed. All right. Okay. So listen. Breathe easy. Just just remember that. Get your engine to breathe easy. That is the only way that you can improve fuel economy. Start with a Banks Ram Air Intake. Go to bankspower.com. Type in your year, make, and model to find yours. Of course, we got to thank our friends over at Full Moon Digital Marketing because those guys have been helping us out with uh, our social media marketing. If you've got a small company, a big company, or uh, you need some help, go ahead and give uh, Derek at Full Moon a call, no matter the challenge scale or platform. Now, why, why not Charles? Or why not Lauren? Uh, because it's got to be Derek. I know Derek. That's all I can tell you. I Derek's see. been helping us. I'm going to I'm going to pimp out Derek. I think Charles is the one that's propping up Derek. Well, that's fine. Okay. Go find Charles if you think. Do you? Is there a Charles there? Yeah. And there's oh. also a Jason. All right. Yeah. Well, listen. How if, do you not uh, know the full team yet? I because I'm only dealing with Derek. I'm okay. just saying. Go listen. Go to Full Moon Digital. If you need help with social, you need help with some ad campaigns, you need help to get your company out there, they'll take care of you. But make sure you tell them the Truck Show Podcast sent you. Then they just won't pick up the phone. Tell them Sean Holman sent you. <laughs> Maybe that's smarter. The Truck Show Podcast is a production of Truck Famous LLC. This podcast was created by Sean Holman and Jay Tillis with production elements by DJ Omar Khan. If you like what you've heard, please open your Apple Podcast or Spotify app and give us a five-star rating. And if you're a fan, there's no better way to show your support than by patronizing our sponsors. Some vehicles may have been harmed during the making of this podcast. Check one, one, two, check, one, one, two, check, 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 check. Is this on? Tell me, tell me when we are, uh, we're rolling and we will go ahead and start. Uh, microphone check, one, two, one, two, two, Micronesia, Micronesia. Philodendrum, philodendrum, one, two, one, two, one, two. How are the levels? Are we getting good levels? Just, just tell me when we're ready, okay? Tell me. Mm, that's a good apple. Ah. Nothing like an apple and coffee. Uh, just tell me when we're rolling. We are? Okay, why didn't anyone say anything? Hmm? Just tell me when we're rolling. We were rolling. This whole time? Oh, crap.